after the book launched, I wrapped it up and was like, okay, you know, this is it. But people kept asking me, okay, so what's next? Like, what are you going to do now with living over existing? And I honestly hadn't planned on a what next because it was just supposed to be the book. So what's next? The first few dozen or so times I heard this question from a customer, I was perplexed, even a bit concerned. Whether it was a course that just wrapped up or a coaching engagement that came to a close or a small group that finished up, when a customer would ask me what's next, I worried I had not done my job. I thought maybe they wanted to know what was next because they hadn't quite gotten what they came for. They hadn't seen a real change or improved their situation. It took me much longer than I'd like to admit to realize that what they were really saying was, that was great. What else can we do together? I realized that what's next was an invitation to create more value for the people who I was already helping and in turn make a very, very easy sale. I'm Tara McMullen, and this is What Works, the show that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how small business owners take decisive action to build stronger businesses. This month, we're focusing on how small businesses create and deliver value. How do we develop new offers, put together new packages, or build new products? We'll be deep diving into three businesses and how they create and deliver value. I'll also be sharing a series of short bonus episodes, looking back at how I've created and delivered value over the years and how that process continues to evolve at both What Works and at Yellow House Media. Plus, we'll close out the series by hearing from a few more business owners who have found creative ways to create and deliver value through the offers they make. Now, as I mentioned earlier, what's next is often a question that helps you figure out how to create and deliver value beyond what you're already doing. A product or service that solves a particular problem might shine some light on the next problem that needs to be solved. A product or service that creates a delightful experience might simply leave the customer wanting more. Or what's next might simply be a request to go deeper, keep working together longer, or investigate new possibilities. Alicia Robertson found herself with a whole bunch of customers asking her what's next after she released a book called Living Over Existing. After a lot of thought, some customer research, and some soul searching, Alicia came up with her next move. Alicia and I talk about how the Low Collective came to be, how she set up her community to meet those what's next needs, and how she created the intentional success path to guide her members through more what's next questions. Plus, Alicia shares why she also created a physical welcome kit to send to her new members. Now, let's find out what works for Alicia Robertson. Alicia Robertson, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Okay, let's just get started at the very beginning. Can you tell me the origin story behind the Low Collective? Yeah, so I'll give you like the abbreviated version because okay. it's a process. <laughs> well, um, I wrote a little book a couple years ago called Living Over Existing, which uh, just talks about helping women to push past a lot of the mental barriers that often hold them back from success. So talking about the limiting beliefs and the fear and just a lot of things that I had experienced in launching like my first business and a lot of things I felt were kind of hindering me from accelerating my own success. Uh, so I wrote the book and it was legit just supposed to be the book. Um, 
I did like a mini podcast at the time as just a marketing tool for the book. Mm -hmm. And after the book launched, I wrapped it up and was like, okay, you know, this is it. But people kept asking me, okay, so what's next? Like, what are you going to do now with living over existing? And I honestly hadn't planned on a what next because it was just supposed to be the book. So I just started listening more to my audience and listening to what they really were like needing. So of course they were needing help with like the mindset things that a lot of us as entrepreneurs struggle with, but they were also saying like, okay, I'm wanting to run this business, but I'm also a mom. I wanted to run this business, but I am you know, also working full time or I like to travel or I really just like my weekends and don't want to be bothered with work. How do you do all of this without completely stressing yourself out, completely burning out? And it just so happens that during that same time, um, I was one on one coaching and I had reached a point where I was just drained, like could not get out of bed, couldn't form a sentence. I was just literally burnt out. And word to the wise, writing a book while also having a full roster of one on one clients is not the smartest thing, but I didn't know that before. (laughs) So like I found myself just taking on all of these clients, which was great, but I was also trying to keep up with like all of these different marketing strategies that people were, you know, quote unquote, telling me what would make me successful and how I would Mm -hmm. get the glorified like six figure income. So I was trying to keep up with clients, trying to do all of these different marketing strategies. And I just found myself to a point where I couldn't do anything. Like brain was just fried. So in order to pull myself out of like that hole that I kind of dug myself into, I really had to just take a step back and just think about, okay, Alicia, what is it that you want out of your personal life? Like, what is it that you are working towards? Like you want it to be an entrepreneur for the freedom, but your business isn't giving you the freedom that you desired. So what are you going to do? So I tore down, you know, everything that I thought I knew about entrepreneurship. Um, I took this little idea of living over existing, which thankfully I had already purchased the domain name and had like a little website for. (laughs) Nice. Um, And I just, I I listened to my audience and I said, okay, well, how can I uh, help other women entrepreneurs specifically? Because I feel like a lot of pressure is often put on women as entrepreneurs How can I take what I learned from experiencing that severe burnout and help you avoid making some of those same mistakes? And after a whole lot of, you know, different ideas and reiterations of what the brand could have been, uh, I landed on the idea of launching our membership community, which is the Low Collective, which now serves as like a space for women who not only want to build a successful business, but also build a business that really fuels the life that they desire. So um, I got a couple of follow-up questions from that story. The first follow-up question is, I would love to know what you think was so resonant about the Living Over Existing book for the people who were reading with it, reading it and engaging with you about it. Why were they asking what's next? What's next? What is it about those ideas that really got people excited? Yeah, I think it just made a lot of people realize that it wasn't what 
what should I do first in my business or what should I do next in my business that was holding them back? It was honestly Mm -hmm. those internal thoughts and kind of pressures that we put around ourselves that was really holding them back. So it was almost like, okay, I now have a clear understanding of like my fears. I now have a clear understanding of like the limiting beliefs that were holding me back. I'm hyped up, ready to go what should I be doing next to like finally get started? So I think when a lot of people just were able to push past a lot of those mental barriers that they were experiencing, they were kind of wanting more like, okay, you've, you said that this is what was holding me back from success. So what's my next step in actually helping me to reach my dreams or goals? I love that because there are, I mean, there are so many objections to the things that we put out there for sale, right? There's so many objections to working with us one-on-one. There's so many objections to our membership sites. There's so many objectives to our online courses or even physical products. Like there's just so many things that get in our head um, that stop us from buying, stopping, stop us from some, purchasing something that would actually be really helpful to us. And I think as makers, as creators, as, as leaders, trainers, we think the problem is with us and our products. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's actually with our customers, right? It's their mental barrier. It's their fear. It's their mindset that is creating as much of the objection as it is any particular thing about our product. So it sounds like your book really kind of took those objections, gave people a way to get around it. And then they were waiting to buy something from you. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, so what do I do next? Now that I've pushed past all of that, keep helping me. And I wasn't prepared (laughs) at all to keep helping, but, you know, I I threw some ideas out the, you know, at the wall and finally something stuck. And I was like, okay. And I, I really do feel like the entrepreneurship community, and you know, this um, I'm sure is that we really want community. No one wants to feel like they're going at this alone. And no one wants to feel like they are kind of the only one experiencing some of like the downfalls and even the highs of entrepreneurship. So again, just kind of going back and just really listening in to what they were saying and saying, you know, like what they were experiencing and just pulling all the pieces together to hurry up and like scramble. (laughs) Yes. Yes. If only we could all get to a place where people are begging us to keep helping them. (laughs) I love that. Um, Okay. So you kind of touched on what my second follow-up was going to be as well, which Mm -hmm. is I'd love to hear more about the ideas that either didn't work or that you didn't pursue. Like what other Mm -hmm. alternatives to the low collective popped up in your head that maybe you experimented with, or maybe you just threw out right away? Yeah. So I went into it saying that I wanted to create um, like a media company almost. Mm -hmm. So if you Mm -hmm. think of like a bustle or refinery 29, like those type of companies, I was like, I could do this, but for entrepreneurship. So I was thinking I would have um, like articles on the website that would be really like business focused, but also kind of touch on like some of the lifestyle and wellness sides of running a business as well. And then I got down to the point of, okay, so how do you monetize this? And I was stuck. (laughs) I I don't know if I really want to depend on getting like brand partnerships for like my, as like my main like income stream that seemed pretty risky. So I was like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and let, let me just think about what I'm actually good at. I've been coaching entrepreneurs for years. So let me figure out what I can do like in that space. So then I came to, uh, like the idea of creating almost like a, 
a course library of sorts mm-hmm. where you could, you know, simply if you needed help with email marketing, you could go purchase this low cost, you know, course simply just on email marketing and just having like resources for pretty much every stage of like you were in your business. So still kind of getting really close to a membership community, but not quite it just yet. Um, but when I thought about that, I was like, okay, well, then I will be responsible for continuing to create content to keep this library going. And if I'm selling these courses for like $30, $35 a pop, that's going to be really hard for me to like reach my income goals. So that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, and then I, I'm, I'm not even sure how I came to the idea of creating a membership community. I may have just seen like several people kind of like in this space creating it. And I was like, well, let me see. I had a free Facebook group at the time that I was already kind of like popping in and out of. And I was like, well, what if I just use my coaching abilities and brought these women together and really help them to build their business, but also talk about it? You know, let's talk about... Mm -hmm how these businesses are coming together. Let's get your questions answered. Let's, you know, actually build, I call them my family, build a family of women who are all like-minded. So again, it took a few like iterations for me to get up to this point, but it, it definitely helped because along the lines, I was able to like say, okay, this idea didn't work, but this little piece of the idea I could probably use for something else. So it was a lot of like trial and error and just picking out what I felt would be a good fit and then ideas that just wouldn't work at all. Yeah. I really appreciate you walking us through that process yeah. because I think that, you know, we give a lot of lip service to like iteration and evolution when it comes to offer development, but still people get really fixated on like, oh, but this is what I'm building as opposed to hearing, uh, you know, from people who have done it before. Well, first I tried this and then I tried this and then I Mm -hmm. asked myself these questions. And I think everything you just laid out um, is such a brilliant example of how offer development is kind of weird and strange and eventually we get to to a good place um, and something that people really want. Um, so let's get into the specifics of that a little bit more. How did you decide what kind of features you wanted to build into the Low Collective? Yeah. So I, I mentioned before that I had a free Facebook community. Um, so I moved them on to a new platform, which we're also using Mighty Networks. Nice. Uh, so I moved them over to uh, the new platform and I just began asking questions like, okay, do you like daily prompts? Yes or no? And a lot of them said no. Okay, well, where are you needing help with in your business right now? And I literally had like a full list of just topics and things that they were saying they were struggling with. Um, And then I actually hopped on a call with uh, about four or five of the members who were most active in the community. Um, And I just asked them as well, okay, so if you were to pay for a membership community like monthly, what would make this feel the most valuable? What would give it a lot of value? And a lot of people said, you know, they would love to have like a, almost like a group kind of coaching call, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. once a month where you can just check in. Um, A lot of people said they really just needed accountability and someone or a space where they could share their goals and kind of get checked in on with their goals. Uh, And then a few people also said that they wanted to hear from other voices. So other Mm -hmm. women entrepreneurs in like specific industries who are just really good at what they do. Um, So I took that and we started doing our um, monthly mentor calls with me. So we hop on a call every month and 
We sometimes I will teach a topic. Sometimes we will set goals for the month. And then sometimes we'll just get on there and talk about the pandemic and our kids. Like (laughs) it's a toss up of what we chat about, but it's a really good way for us to just come on and just kind of mingle and chat with each other. Like a lot of us don't really have entrepreneurs outside of this space. Um, So that was been, has been really good. And then um, one thing that I kind of personally decided on was if I didn't want to be in there like coaching all the time, Mm -hmm. because I really want to step away from like the one-on-one coaching model, then I needed to create some resources that they could kind of take and use on their own and then come back with questions if they needed to. So I took all of like the e-courses that I've created in the past and like little mini workshops that I've taught in the past. And I created just like a core list of classes. So no matter if you were just getting started and didn't know what to do first, there are classes for you there. Um, If you were just looking to create like your first product, there were resources for you there. And everything was already kind of built around what I was already going through with my coaching clients when I was doing one-on-one. Smart, smart, smart. I love hearing that it was it grew out of the work that you were doing with your yeah. coaching clients because then you know it already works, right? There's yeah. no guesswork there. It's just this is this is how we do these things. I know mm-hmm. it works. Let me share it with more of you um, and have more of you pay me too. <laughs> um, I know you sent out a physical welcome kit. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with that idea? Yeah, so. My favorite hobby, and this is probably like the nerdiest thing anybody could have as a hobby, but I love creating printed products Um, (laughs) from workbooks uh, that I've created just in the past to sell to like my actual book, the Living Over Existing book I created myself. Um, And then also like just planners and things. I'm the person who like when I procrastinate for my to-do list, I go sit in InDesign and I create things. So it's just, it's always been a love for me. And I was thinking about when I uh, launched the community, how I could actually give like a really good like experience. And my very first business was in e-commerce and I loved being able to like package up a cute product and ship it to someone's house and, you know, just imagine their eyes lighting up when they open it up. So I was like, how could I translate that great first experience to like my love of creating like random printed products and like make it make sense for my community. So since we have these core classes that I suggest like all of our members go through as they're like launching and building their business, I actually created a workbook that is basically like the worksheets that would go along with each class. And I made it into like a really cute workbook. Um, I have like a tiny little like mini journal that they also receive so like they can use to take notes. And I package it up pretty and I ship it to their house. And a lot of people are like, well, doesn't that cost you a lot of money? And actually it, it doesn't. Like I factor that into like the price of like the community. Um, I do it in a way that doesn't require me to purchase a thousand copies of like Mm -hmm. my workbook at a time. So like I really purchase enough according to how many members I think I can get in on a monthly basis. So it's like a really low cost um, thing that I do. And it like lights people up. Like I've had people say, can we get the welcome kit without joining? And I'm like, no, it's a, it's a, it's a perk of joining. Hello. <laughs> right, right. But it, it really does create a great 
experience for members because when you join something digitally you don't ever expect to receive something in the mail and people still like going to their mailbox for cute things so i like i like to play on that yeah absolutely it's an idea that i have wanted to execute on for mm-hmm. a couple of years and i just am so bad at the post office <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like I just can't ship things. So it's something yeah. that's always like it's on my like very long term never going to happen to do list. But when I yeah. saw you were doing it I was like, "Oh, that's so good." And to the cost thing, I imagine that, you know, if you were it, I think your pricing is right now anyway is is I think it's $40 a month, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. You know, if you were selling a $40 course, it might not be cost effective to send out something physical with that. But what I imagine happens is that welcome kit is actually increasing your lifetime customer value. Yeah. So you are actually making more and more profit on that welcome, essentially off of on the welcome kit. And of course, off of the whole membership, mm-hmm. every single month, someone chooses to stay in. So as a you know, within a membership model, the cost benefit of it is huge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like take a little bit less the first month, but you know, they have all the resources they need to continue growing in their business right there in their hands. So it it definitely does. And I have noticed because we just started offering the welcome kit with this last launch that we did. So we didn't offer it in the beginning. And Mm. I've noticed that we've had a lot less um, like cancellations this time Mm -hmm. around um, than we did when we first launched. And there's a couple other things I feel like can factor into that as well. But I think the welcome kit has been a huge piece of that. And I created the workbook in a way where you need the like videos to go along with it. So like it would make, wouldn't make any sense to just try and use the workbook on its own. So you definitely still need the videos to like make it valuable. Gotcha. You'll hear about how and why Alicia developed the intentional success path for the Low Collective in just a minute. But first, a word from our What Works partners. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Now, unless this is your very first time listening to What Works, you've heard me talk about Mighty Networks before. You already know they're the easiest way to bring your content, community, and commerce all together under the same digital roof. But what I want to share today is a little more personal. Since we're on the subject of creating value and thinking about what's next, I have to tell you that Mighty Networks is the most responsive company I've ever worked with. They are hungry to know how to serve their customers better. And they are regularly talking to their own community called Mighty Hosts about the features that they need to succeed, the challenges they run into building out their networks, and the opportunities they see for growth. Mighty Networks is constantly evolving and adapting to meet the needs of their customers and building a better product while they do it. If you're wondering if Mighty Networks might just be growing into the perfect solution for bringing your customers or clients together, check it out for yourself. Go to MightyNetworks.com to get started free of charge. That's MightyNetworks.com. Okay, well, you mentioned that there were a couple of other things that could have led to less churn for you at this last launch. I would love to hear about what you think those things are. Yeah. So I went through and revamped every single 
course within like our core courses, which um, there are currently seven core courses um, within the membership community. So I went through and completely revamped all of those, um, which I think has really helped people to kind of want to stick around to see what's next. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also to I created our intentional success path, which is Mm. what is those courses are included in. Um, And I think with being able to clearly let my members know this is the path of success that you're going to go through to make sure that this membership is the most value valuable as possible. I think that really helped people to say, okay, well, if I start here, then I already know what my next steps will be in order to get to like my desired outcome. So I think just laying that out, um, it has been really helpful for people to just say, okay, well, I'm going to tackle maybe a course each month and implement. Mm -hmm. And I know exactly what needs to be done next. Um, One of the things that my members um, and even just my audience in general said that they were struggling with is they either a felt overwhelmed by all of the options that they had to take, or they just simply just didn't know like what they should be doing next. Like, do you brand before figuring out your target audience or do you create content before creating like your first product or service? So giving them that path of, hey, this is where you start and this is where you're going to end. Or even if you've already launched, then you start on step three versus step one, giving Mm -hmm. them that solid plan of like what's next and like that success path has, I I think, really helped people to kind of stick around a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, that was another thing that I wanted to ask about. And I think you've described it, uh, described how it works pretty well, but can you describe what the actual six, the intentional success path kind of, I guess, looks like, or can you kind of walk us through what the steps on the path are? Yeah. So the intentional success path is essentially your guide for how to launch and grow a business with intention. So within the path, and if you could like visually mentally see like a roadmap, so like step one, Mm -hmm. step two, step three. Um, So we start out with mindset. So with mindset, um, I go ahead and help you to knock out any of those uh, mental barriers that may be holding you back. Because what I've noticed is a lot of people will jump into like running this business and then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm just terrified of what I've created. So I help you to get over uh, a lot of like the mental barriers first and foremost. Um, And then we move into the clarity piece. So helping you to just get really clear on what it is that you want to do within your business, making sure that that idea that you have is like a solid idea and is that it's actually something that you want to do versus what the internet is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move into the branding. So target audience, getting clear on um, your brand messaging and how you're going to show up online. Uh, after that, we move into content. So I'm really big into content marketing. That's how I built my one-on-one coaching business. And it's how I've also been like building the community as well as focusing on content marketing. So I take them through brainstorming content ideas, helping them figure out where they should be showing up online. Um, And that's, you know, in relation to where their actual audience is showing up online. One of the big things about 
the intentional success path is that I'm not going to tell you what you should be doing. I'm just giving you the resources to help you kind of go along and figure it out and do the research. Um, so we do a lot on content marketing, how to create great content and how, you know, knowing where you should be showing up. Um, and then we get to uh, the fifth piece, which is um, the money side. So helping you to figure out uh, what your signature product is, whether it be a digital product or a service. Um, and I always encourage uh, everyone in the community to focus on one signature product. So like if you can get really good at promoting and marketing one thing, um, you can kind of almost in most cases have it kind of running on autopilot so that yeah. you can then, you know, go explore different like accompanying products that can kind of like match that. Um, and then the last piece of the success path is growth. So one of the big questions is, I've launched this signature product. You know, the first launch went well. What do I do next? Now, I think a lot of people don't know that they need a consistent marketing strategy <laughs> to keep selling. Yes. So uh, that's like the last piece. And that's kind of where um, they put a lot of like their focus and just how to consistently bring in income after they've launched. So again, it's just like a six step process. Um, and each of those little steps comes with different classes. So it's a total of seven core classes um, that they go through to launch, essentially launch and grow their business. Um, and then I also provide like directions within the community. So if you've already launched, you already have the branding down pat. Um, I actually like a series of questions to help you decide where in the success path you need to like get started. Um, so I'm really big on just helping you to not use the excuse of not knowing what to do next. Uh, that's one thing I feel like a lot of that holds a lot of entrepreneurs back is they are unsure what to do next. And they use it kind of as a crutch to not do anything. So I'm like, you know, no, we're, we're going to lay it out for you here. You have no excuses, figure out something else. This is where you should start. And it has helped a lot with just helping people to just gain clarity and I think feel more confident in the business that they're building too. I love that. And you know, Yes, I completely agree that not knowing what to do next holds business owners back, but it also holds membership sites back too. When our yeah. customers, when our members mm -hmm. don't know what to do next or how to get more value mm -hmm. from the community, you know, they feel like they've got a lot to spend a lot of time sort of digging in, figuring out what to do. And at some point it gets to be too much. And they're like, you know, I'm not really using this. I'm going to cancel. And so what I love about how you've constructed this is that it's essentially a recipe for lifetime customers. Yeah. Uh, you know, because yeah. as soon as, you know, just because they've gone through each of the different steps doesn't mean they're going to cancel. Yeah. It means they're going to really understand just how valuable that membership is. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll find other ways of, of, of getting value from it and contributing value to it after they're done with that path. So I, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I'm sure your folks love it as well. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about pricing. Uh, because okay. I think when it comes to membership sites or communities, it's one of the things that people get um, really like stuck on? How did you decide what to price the Low Collective at? Um, and yeah, and just, yeah, how did you make that decision? Yeah, it has been a struggle. <laughs> so I didn't start, <laughs> honestly, I didn't start out charging $40 a month. Honestly, if you would have asked me five months ago, if I was going to be charging $40 a month, I would have told you you were crazy because I was told like, 
it was put into my head almost that this is a membership community. It's supposed to be like a low cost, like not really like a big commitment type of thing. But I'm like, I can't charge $10 a month, you know, without having to keep a thousand people in my community at all times. Like that would drive me crazy. So I, um, it's been a process. I started out with like my founding members charging $15.99. Um, and mm-hmm. I knew just based on uh, how much I needed to make each month versus how many members I felt like I could personally handle at a time. Mm-hmm. So like right now I don't have help just yet in the community. So like, it's all me. So like how many members can I handle right now versus how much would be like a comfortable amount for me to make each month. So I figure if I could uh, just maybe like incrementally, like slowly raise the price, like as I was adding more value, then I would be comfortable eventually charging $40 that I knew I needed to charge um, in order to hit like my monthly income goal. So I uh, started out with 15 and I think I went up to 25, about three or four months into it. Um, and then uh, after 25, we went up to 30 uh, at the beginning of this year. And then with this past launch this past May is when I launched at the new price of $40. So I didn't do like a big jump just because that for me scared me. And I still was had like that. It was a mindset issue. Still had it in my mind that I couldn't charge, you know, $40 or more for a membership community because it's quote unquote supposed to be a smaller like offer. But I was like, no, like I can, if I can get 250 members in here, charge them like $40 a month, that would put me in like a good place just for like the membership community. So that's how I came up with the price and how I kind of just slowly raise the price. And it wasn't like um, a surprise type of thing. I almost also used it too as like a small marketing strategy. So like before we launched this last time, I made announcement like, hey, prices are going up in May. If you're wanting to get in at this price now, like now is the time. And that helped to kind of get people into the community as well. But $40 a month right now feels kind of like my sweet spot for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we grow, as I add more value, that may change. But I, I really wanted to get at $40 and feel comfortable with charging $40 and not feeling like I was kind of cheating people out of their money almost. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Pricing, man, it is one of the most, I mean, it's challenging when it comes to any kind of product or service, but membership sites, communities have their own unique challenges with Mm -hmm. pricing. And it's something that honestly, we are still trying to figure out as Mm -hmm. well. When this goes live, we will have just doubled our prices um, and and kind of changed the pricing structure at the Mm -hmm. same time. So who knows how that's going to work, but hopefully, hopefully well. Um, uh, Oh, I have one follow up on that. You said you've been raising the prices incrementally. I'm assuming that the people who came in at the lower levels, those prices have stayed the same and people are coming in at higher, new people are coming in at higher Mm -hmm. prices. Is that true? Yes, yes. I didn't go back and change. I feel like that wasn't fair to say, hey, you can no, start yeah. at 15 and then all of a sudden I'm going to like, you know, charge you 40 a month. So yeah, whatever price you came in at, that's going to be your price for your extent of, you know, you being a member in the community. Um, that's like the price you'll pay each month. 
Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I could talk to you about this all day, but we do need to start <laughs> wrapping up. But I have one kind of very big question for you left, which is that, you know, I think membership sites, communities by their very nature, very mission driven kinds of entities. And they I think they have to be because we, you know, we need a reason to gather together, right? And, and having a clear mission, having a clear purpose helps people feel like they belong. It helps them feel like this is a place that I want to show up. And so I've been watching you on Instagram over the last month. We're recording this at the end of June, even though it's going out in August. Um, and I've really seen you step into I, what seems to be, at least from the outside, a new clarity around that mission and and the vision that you have for the community. And I saw that you wrote um, that you believe more now than ever that women, especially Black women, need a safe space to share more than just business goals. Mm-hmm. How have you seen and felt and experienced your mission kind of clarify or evolve over the last month? Yeah. So a lot has been happening on the online space. And with that, I feel like a lot of women who look like me, a lot of Black women, don't have that safe space where they can go in and talk about what life is like as a Black woman, what Mm -hmm. life is like as a Black woman who is also running her business. And I think it's one of those things where I've always been aware of it, but you just go, you get so used to not having that space to where you almost just push it to the back of your mind. But with everything that has been happening in the world over the past few months, it's like, okay, no, like we, we seriously need a space where we can come in and talk about what running a business is specifically like for us and feel safe in doing that without feeling like we're going to be judged or like f- feeling like we're going to have people telling us that we're wrong for feeling the way that we feel, which I've seen a lot happen over the past few months. And I, I want the women who come into the community to be able to come in and almost have like a sigh of relief. Like finally, I'm in a space where people with people who understand me, who get where I'm coming from. And I can come in and like ask for advice and I can come in and vent and I can come in and talk about how, you know, I'm struggling with personal wellness and how I am building this business while also dealing with all the injustices that are happening in the world. And while I love entrepreneurship and helping people start their businesses like to my core, I understand that there's so much more things happening in our purpose personal lives that are far more important than us getting our next sale or getting I don't know, this next big business opportunity. So I really want to create a a space where people who look like me especially can feel comfortable in coming in and sharing how they're feeling, sharing what they want to see change in this industry, which again, I feel like a lot needs to be changed within this industry that we are in. Um, And just again, feel safe in sharing that and not feeling like they have to be timid or have to be shy or have to hold back in what they're saying. Absolutely. It seems like this idea of affirming the Mm -hmm. whole experience of the woman entrepreneur or the Black woman entrepreneur Mm -hmm. is just really key to everything that you've done with the living over existing idea. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's such a brilliant mission to bring people around and create that sense of belonging around. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just so glad you're doing it. Um, What are you excited about right now, Alicia? 
Oh, gosh. Uh, hopefully being able to go outside again, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that's like at the top of my list. Uh, but I think just really just nurturing this community like this. We, we haven't even been like launched fully for a year yet. It'll be a year this upcoming October. So just being able to continue to like nurture these women and see like what greatness comes out of what they're creating is like what I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Alicia Robertson, thank you so much for sharing the behind the scenes of the Low Collective, sharing your mission with mm-hmm. us, um, and really giving us uh, a taste of what it's like to build a membership site. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me. This is fun. When your customers are asking you what's next, it pays to listen. So often we're trying to reinvent the wheel when it comes to building a new product or offer a new service, but the most effective, most profitable next step might just reveal itself when you answer that question. Find out more about Alicia Robertson and the Low Collective at livingoverexisting.com. Then tune in Thursday for the first bonus episode in this series on creating value. I'll be sharing how I answered the question, what's next to create my latest offer. I'll track the process from idea to initial execution, to feedback to second iteration, and even on to the third iteration. Plus, I'll give you a preview of how we're answering what's next at the What Works Network this month too. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafeld. Our production assistant is Kristen Runbeck. Get more What Works delivered to your inbox every week. I share ideas for building a stronger business and becoming a more effective leader, as well as handpicked resources on marketing, management, mindset, and more in the What Works Weekly newsletter. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash weekly to subscribe for free.